Welcome to this green church. We're a Christian community on a mission to raise saviors, believers that are righteous and supernatural, to succeed, lead, and have transformational societal impact. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. and Wednesday at 6 p.m. to be a part of this amazing service. Be blessed as you listen. So today's conversation, okay, continuing on our, on our mission-minded series, okay? Today's conversation is titled, God Gives the Increase. Mission-minded too, God Gives the Increase. So they said, they said this year, we are becoming stronger in spirit, deeper in service, more excellent in industry, greater in prosperity, and more loving in our relationships. So one of the things you must do in this becoming year, you know, one of the things you must become is to become deeper in service, meaning you take more responsibility as a leader in the work of God for our growth and effectiveness. All right. You must understand that, you know, if you influence someone by anything you do, you are a leader. You cannot get it from the term leadership. Okay. So you only to not deliberate um, about becoming an effective leader. You must not deliberately become an effective leader all right so it means you have to be mission-minded this year okay to to um be to to carry the focus of progressing god's work through your hands this year so today we are discussing the fact that it is god that grows his work mm-hmm. we have our part to play okay but god you know brings the increase okay we play our part and god plays his part so we are going to learn how effectively we can we can we can, you know, stay, we can push on ourselves, okay, to be used by God as individuals and as a local church. How we can effectively position ourselves to be used effectively by God, you know, um, to get this done. So we must understand that we are co-laborers with God. Mm. We are co-laborers with God, but it is God who brings the increase. So we see in Acts 2, from 42 to 47, 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All right. All right. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. All right. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So we see this. So they played their part, okay? We were together in doctrine, in, in, in fellowship. They had a strong community of love, of fellowship, of doctrine, of prayer, right? You know, of giving. But we see this. It all ended in one thing. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved so as they as they did the right things okay as they put their house in order god brought increase but we must understand that it is god that adds to our number daily those who have been saved so we must put our focus on the right place okay because it is god that brings the increase first corinthians 3 5 to 9 first corinthians 3 5 to 9 what after all is apollos and what is paul only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. Verse 6. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. Or, or we say it in the NKJV. But it is the Lord that gives increase. Okay. 7. So neither the one who plants 
not the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Verse 8, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. Verse 9, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field. Come on. You are God's beauty. You see this? So, you know, I plant, you water, God gives the increase. As is to do our job, God brings an increase. Okay, but it says also that we are co-workers. Come on. In God's work. Okay, and the co-workers here is you, you and I and God. Okay, that God is part of the work. God is laboring with us in the field of souls. Come on. God is laboring with us to see people get better, to see people transformed by his knowledge. Hallelujah. Glory to God forevermore. So we are not alone. God is working with us. Okay, so we see in 2 Corinthians 6.1. 2 Corinthians 6.1. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. Look at this. As God's co-workers, we are co-working with God. Hallelujah. So as, as people of the gospel, as people actively, you know, leading in ministry, you and I, okay, serving in this green church, we are co-workers with God. Oh, this is so important, okay? We are not alone. We are not without help. God is working with us. And we see in Mark 16, 20, okay, that the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord walked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that followed. Look at this. God walked with them, confirmed his word. With signs following. This is so important, okay? So we are not alone. So when you feel overwhelmed, remember that you are not alone. God is doing this work with you. And there's always a supply of grace and help whenever you need it, okay? Ministry can be difficult, yeah? Okay, but remember, you, are, you have a ever-ready source of supply, a source of help, God. So you must understand and remember this, okay? So God gives us capacity, okay? So that, the, so that the mission is possible. Hallelujah. So the dreams it gives us are not for us to achieve with our own, with our own power. Okay. He supplies capacity, supplies grace. Okay. We supply work ethic. He supplies grace. We work. He supplies grace. We work it out. Hallelujah. But God gives the increase. So to be collaborative means that we have our parts and God has his parts. Paul planted. Apollos watered. It is God that brings increase. Us is to find our part and play our part, but it is God that touches the hearts of people. It is the Spirit that convicts the hearts of people. It is God that directs people to us. So we must continually put our focus, our eyes on God. Eh? You cannot do this in your own power. Come on. You must put your focus, your trust in God. And it's why we must cultivate prayer. We're going to get to that point, okay? Because it is God that brings people our way. Hallelujah. So we must align ourselves with this thinking. All right? The kind of growth we want to, uh, talking about, not, not, just, not just any kind of growth, but the kind of growth we want is the kind of growth that God brings. Because there are many kinds of growth. There are many kinds of growths now. There are instant growths. When we see parable of the sower, there are instant growths that don't last. They are fleeting, but they are instant. All right? There's also considered growth. It's growing, but it's a bad thing growing. Okay? What we want is the kind of increase that God gives. So, we must pay attention to doing things God's way. Alright? So, our job is to prepare for the people. Okay? Compel them to come. While also trusting God. And we show our trust in God by how we do things. Okay? Pray and all that. So that God, you know, adds to our number daily. So, we must understand this. Okay? Glory be to God. So, we must understand, therefore, 
because God gives the increase, we must understand how to work with God for the increase to come. So, I will show us four ways we play our parts for increase. Alright? Four ways we can play our parts for increase. Number one, we must optimize for God. If God is the one bringing the increase, we must optimize for God. Also, we'll say again, in Mark 16, 20, the Lord walked with them, confirming his word with signs following. So, the Lord works with us to confirm his word, not our word. So, we must understand and ensure that what we are saying is God's word. Okay? This is important. We see in John 5, from 19 to 20, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. And yes, he will show him even greater works than this. So that you will be amazed. Look at this. So it is the Father doing it. Okay, the father shows the son what he's about to do, and the son executes. Come on, okay. So it, it talks about proximity, intimacy with the father, optimizing time with the father, where we draw inspiration, where we draw capacity. Okay, so we must optimize for God because it is God that is working through us. Hallelujah. So we must spend time with God to see and hear what he's doing. To pick the right words at the at the right time. That is utterance. Utterance means the right words at the right time to the right people. All right? It's important. We see in John 15, 1 to 8. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean. Because of the word I have spoken to you, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch, look at this, can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, all right, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are pricked up, thrown to the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is true, my Father's glory that will bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Hallelujah. But you see the point here. Our fruitfulness in ministry, in all we do, comes from our abiding in him and his words abiding in us that it is our connection with the father by his spirit that makes us effective we must optimize for intimacy with god we must optimize for intimacy with god we cannot do this job on our own we must optimize for intimacy with jesus Right, because it is our is our intimacy with him that gives us inspiration, direction, okay, that gives us answers to the needs of the people. Okay? It's important to optimize for God. John 8 from 28 to 29. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, 
then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of my own. Look at this. But speak just what the Father has taught me. 29. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. You see this? That the, the results are a fruit of intimacy and pleasing the Father. God help us. The result people see, he said, it is a fruit of intimacy, of pleasing the Father. Hmm. It's important, okay? So, if God is the one that gives increase, then you must optimize for God, meaning that you must prioritize God. Hmm? You must prioritize God, meaning you must find what God is saying and do it. This is ministry of finding what God is saying per season and doing it. So I don't merely do what is popular or loved by the majority in TGC. We don't merely do what is popular or what is loved by the majority. Okay, I do what I'm convinced God will have me do in the best way possible. Hmm? And this must be the same in every area of your life. If God is your source, then you must optimize for God. See, that, that, that thing that I do as a leader in TGC, that might look, counter, it might look counterintuitive to growth, okay? But if it is God's will, I will do it, okay? Even if, even, if, even, if, even if it means people don't like us, it's fine, okay? But <laughs> I will always do what I'm convinced God will have us do in the best way possible. Even if it's contrary to public opinion, I don't, you know, I can't care too much, all right? Amen. So, we must do everything with God as the most important stakeholder. Meaning, your actions, your thoughts, and your motives matter. Because you are serving the Lord who sees in secret and rewards openly. And by Him, our actions are weighed. Mm? So, if God sees your thoughts, not only what you do. Amen, sorry. God sees your thoughts. Sees your motive. Hmm? So, I can't even allow sin in my, in my thoughts because God sees my thoughts too. So, I must be deliberately consecr consecrated even in my thoughts because God sees my thoughts. Is why I always cast down bad thoughts. Eh? Even if I will not do it though, I will cast it down in my thoughts because God sees my thoughts too. So, I must optimize the consecration and devotion. I must keep myself in a space and attitude to hear God. I must stay aligned with the Father. Because it is, it is, it is my being aligned with the Father, my alignment to the Father, that brings the results. Like when you align the rays of the sun with a mirror onto, a, onto an object to burn it up. Okay, so the principle here is alignment and focus. It is not about doing many activities. Okay, in TGC, we don't just call activities, okay? We find what God would have us do, and we do it. Hallelujah. So we must stay in connection with Jesus like the branches to the vine so that we can keep being effective. Otherwise, over time, the person's effectiveness will just begin to wane. Okay? So we cannot afford that. Okay? Amen. Ministry is talking to God about people and talking to people about God. So it is about your relationship with God flowing into your relationship with people so that you can be a blessing to them in and through the area of need. Hmm. Think about that, okay? So, what ministry is about people? It must first be about God because people people, people, pleasers will become handicapped. Hmm? They won't be able to do the right things 
out of fear of people. Okay? And in ministry, people are both the blessing and the problem. So, if you are not anchored in God, you will be in trouble. This is important. And will show us a lesson from Exodus 18 from 19 to 23. Exodus 18 from 19 to 23. Hmm? The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as a judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered, because the people come to me to seek God's will. 16. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. 17. Moses' father-in-law implied him, What you are doing is not good. You and these people will come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot undo it alone. 19. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be, look at this, the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. <clears throat> okay, but select people men from all the people Men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but they but have them bring every difficult case to you. For the simple cases, they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, look at this, and God so commands, you'll be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. You see this, that the job of, the job of a spiritual leader, the job of a spiritual leader is not to do it all by himself, but his core job is to spend time with God. So his job is to take people's concerns, their questions, their, their, their issues before God in prayer. And in study, God will then inspire him, give him what to tell them. So, for example, in the local church, my first job is time with God. In time with God, in, in time with God, I study, I pray for myself, okay? Pray for my spiritual life, pray for my family, I pray for you, I take your needs to God. Okay, I take the 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 the, the, the needs you face every day as a Nigerian. As a born again person in Nigeria, I take you know your concerns, your 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 needs, your your spiritual work with God, your your issues, your temptations, your 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 pressing concerns, your 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 marriage, how you get married, how you have children, you know how you get a good job, your finances. I take those things to God in prayer and in my study. God will then give me instruction, meaning teaching, doctrine, okay? So that I will show you from scripture how you are to live and behave in a way that in a way that addresses your concerns. This is what Jethro is telling Moses. I'll come back to you and teach you what you must do in a way that practically addresses your concerns. Mm? Because here, yeah, the people's concerns are important to God. 
even their finances. Let's not be let's not be hypocritical. Okay, so <laughs> all right. So I then bring it down to you and teach you. Okay, so the job of the spiritual leader is first and foremost time with God. So he must then share the work in such a way that both he and everyone else is is efficient serving God without burning out, so that everybody goes home satisfied. Do you understand this? All right, good. So, so number two. Okay, the second way we prepare ourselves is this, okay? Care for yourself as a leader. Care for yourself as a leader. Okay? Care as a cell leader, a unit head, a team head. Care for yourself as a leader. Meaning, you must share the work in such a way that both you and everyone else is efficient and no one, no one suffers burnt and no one suffers burnt out so that everybody goes home satisfied. Hmm? Care for yourself as a leader by sharing the work. Hallelujah. Hmm? In a way that nobody is suffering burnout. Care for yourself. Mark 6 from verse 30 to 32. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done. And thought, 31, then because then because so many people were coming and going that they did not have any chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. Are you seeing this? Jesus said, this is what we kill you. <laughs> so he took them all, his, his apostles, away from the crowd to a solitary place where they can rest and eat. Because you are God's co-laborer. It means you are important. Your health is important. Both your physical and your spiritual health. So you must be able to share, share the work in a way that you don't burn out. You can also escape and rest. Hmm? So you must take care of your, of your relationship with God. Give God as in make make out time to refresh yourself. Give care to your relationship with God because you can only give out what you have received. So you must make out time to refresh yourself. Take care of your health. Rest. Hey, minister of God, MOG. <laughs> Take time to care for yourself. Take care of your health. Rest. Hmm? Look at this too. Take care of your wealth. Have a plan for your income. Eh? I know you have a call to ministry. You say you want to do certainly that work money tonight and all that. Eh, don't don't want yourself for make out time to care for your career. Mm? Take care of your wealth. Have a plan for your continuous inflow of income. Mm? Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Mm? If you are married, this is so important. If you are in your parents' house. Don't just use church work to, to not be to not do anything at home. Take care of your family. Do not sacrifice your family for ministry, except the except they are directly against God's work or your salvation. Eh? But not, do not sacrifice your family for ministry work. Mm? Also, marry well so that your family life is healthy, elderly, working with your, your, your work with God. Did you get that? Mm? Amen. So it is why at TGC. We are not keen to overload those activities every time. 
It's not because we are canal law, you know. So we don't just mainly just put the activity, permitting this and that. No, we have to help us not to burn out. We are protecting everyone from burning out by managing activities. We don't mean just putting core program, core program today, you know, core program next tomorrow, any any holiday, any public holiday, put program there. We don't do that, okay? We are deliberately, deliberately preventing us from burning out. So they can also give time to other things. Okay? So they can spend time with your family during the holidays. Eh? Not that there's a short program during the holiday. Okay? <laughs> it's deliberate. We are deliberately helping you to have, you know, to care for yourself as a leader. Alright? You know, I have experience with burnout. Okay? So, um, there's a way that, there's a way even when your church gives you, when your church gives you, um, um, structure, there's a way you can, you can overdo, even because of wasabi, and then burn yourself out. Or, or when your church is relatively new and the structure is not clear, if you're not careful, you can just you can walk, 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 and burn out out of trying to get things, get things to work. Okay, deliberately take care of yourself. You know, I know what it means. I have, I have experience with um, doing church work intensely all day, all week. You know, I've been there. You know, my former church in a, in a former in a former ministry before I came to, before open TGC, um, I was leading a I was leading an important unit and all that. So I used to have meetings every day. I used to have um so on on Sundays we get to the church at about eight o'clock, you know, to do prayer meetings, prepare things and all that. Let's say at about nine, and um service was our service was twelve o'clock, twelve to two ish. Okay, so yeah, then from two o'clock, you know, I'll counsel people, pray for people, and all that. So I'll be in church from like nine to sometimes five, yeah, sometimes nine to five on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. I will get them completely exhausted, completely finished. All right, then on Monday, I will not go for a meeting. Okay, this Monday meeting was where we used to plan, we used to plan the church for the entire week and plan Sunday service. So we'll be in that meeting from sometimes from nine to five too. On a Monday morning, okay? Monday morning. But apart from that also, so I was leading a group that I had to meet every day. Okay, we used to have a prayer and prayer and um, Bible study meeting every evening. And it could take two hours every evening. Every evening, Monday through Friday, and even sometimes Saturday. In fact, we met, we met all week. We met Monday to Friday. We met Saturday physically sometimes. I met on Sunday physically to pray. So we met every day of the week, Okay. Usually about one to two hours. Usually two hours every day. Look at that. Right? Good. All right. And I also had another program I was only for the church in a school in Yaba. So I was the school. I was, I was helping the church manage the fellowship in Yaba. So, and that was on Friday afternoons. So I also leave my house on Friday afternoon to go to that place to, you know, to serve. So I was working for the church on Sunday. Okay. Nine to five. Monday. Nine to five-ish. Nine to five-ish. Friday. I'll go, you know, from half Yaba, like one hour plus. So the program was like two hours. So again, another four or five hours on Friday. Saturday also, we come to church with you and do all sorts to, to help things happen. Okay. Saturday, you know, so then, then and then every evening, I still had my two hours, apart from Sunday, the two hours meeting I had with my group. Okay. The prayer and Bible study group that I was leading. You see that? So I know what it means to walk yourself to the point of burnout without even knowing you are burning out. And many times we don't we don't we don't estimate how much it affects our career and our marriages. Mm-hmm. And when this is affected, it can affect everything. 
So it's why we we teach we are deliberate about not putting activities every day. We try as much as possible to prevent you from burning out. We are not carnal; we are wise. Because hmm? some people, some people are looking, looking at other churches doing everyday prayer meeting, and wondering why you not do, why, 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 why did we stop? I stopped for efficiency. Okay, so you can do things better and more efficiently in a way that protects you and I from burning out while, while ensuring we are getting maximum results. Hmm? Why, why ensuring your health is going well and your career is not taking a hit? Okay, so it's important that the leader cares for himself and the other leaders in the ministry are also caring for themselves so that they don't suffer burn out. You are a co-liberal with God. Your health is important. Your, your, your physical health, your emotional health, your spiritual health, your marital health, even your financial health. These things are important for your continued effectiveness. I hope you understand. Okay? Good. Number three. Number three way we prepare for, for increase is to actually care to reach people. We must care to reach people. We see in 1 Corinthians 9, from 19 to 23. It says, Though I am free and belong to no one, I made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. 21. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, although I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became the weak. Okay, to win the weak. So I have become all things to all people, so that by all means possible I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its in its blessings. Look at this. So he says I've learned to um adapt to different cultures, to different people, so that I might win them. So I learned to tailor the message in a way that can be accepted, you know, in every place. The same message, but, but I find an entry point in a way that the people I'm talking to can receive it. I try to relate to them where they are and, and how they how they think and believe so that I can um, be a blessing to them. Hallelujah. So, I did not merely do things the way I want to do it. I had to put the people I am sent to in mind because they must understand and be able to flow with what I am saying and doing. Mm? So, I actually care to reach the people. That is Paul's point. So that I might win them. Matthew 9 from 10 to 13. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. Hmm? When the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? 
Verse 12. On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So, they saw Jesus in, 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 in Matthew's house, eating with us collectors and sinners, and they got angry. The same way they got angry with with Paul, you know, being a Gentile to the Gentile to the Gentiles. Okay, the same level of anger. You know, the anger of, you know, you are too only for this. That kind of behavior, right? Yeah, but see, the point is that you have to have a plan to reach the people that God has sent you to. Now, when Jesus ate with us collectors, what happened? There are many others there, like Matthew, that came around. So that opened the door for, for Jesus to meet more, to be able to minister to more on, to more sinners, to convert them. Okay? So he was optimizing for those that needed his help. Optimizing for the unhealthy, meaning the unrighteous. So we as a church and as individuals must optimize to reach those that God would have us reach. So if you have to make a choice between who to appeal to, we must appeal to those who need God's help, the unsaved, okay, and the immature. Alright, so we must we must prepare, deliberately care to reach them by, by planning our church, our programs, our designs, our activities in a way that um, they can be attracted to. Because it is the sick that needs a doctor. So, some of the things you will do Thinking this way will offend the sensibilities of the religious people. And that is very okay. Okay? It will not be the first it happened to. It happened to Jesus, you know, when he, when he, when he, when he ate in Matthew's house. And also when the when the woman washed his, hair, his, his, his leg with her hair. So, but we cannot care too much about what the religious people think, okay? We have to focus on the mission that God has sent us. Amen? Yeah. We must also communicate in a way they will understand. Mm -hmm. We must communicate in a way people we are sent to will understand. Because, please, who mommy? You want people to come to church, okay? You are inviting them. But you titled the service Agaios. What is Agaios? They don't understand it. Okay? It means nothing to them. So, you are saying jargon, saying nonsense to them. Alright, so you must communicate in a way that the people we are talking to can understand it. Because I, I, I find it amusing when I see when I see Shortis Flyer and I see Agios or I see some other funny terms. Okay, I'm like, what are, what are you talking to? They don't understand it, okay? So we must deliberately communicate for understanding using simple terms that people can relate to. So what we do at TGC is this: we take the big terms and simplify them. In a way and manner that everyone can relate to and understand. Okay? That's important. We must break down the, you know, the mark of a good teacher is in being able to take on difficult concepts and simplify them. So that's what we do. We take the big terms, the big, big concepts, and simplify them in a way that everybody can relate to and understand. It also shows in how we communicate in a service. 
deliberately using intelligible words that people can understand and relate to. Let's see 1 Corinthians 14, okay, when Paul is teaching about communication in the church. So I'll read verse 6, verse 9, verse 11, verse 18 and 19. You can read the rest by yourself. Are we together? All right. Good. Now, now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you? Unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction. Verse 9, so it is with you. Unless you speak intelligible words with your tongues, with your tongue, unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you are saying? You will just be speaking into the air. Verse 11, if I then do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a a foreigner to the speaker and the speaker is a foreigner to me. Look at this. If I don't get what someone is saying, okay, I am a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker is a foreigner to me. Do you see that? Verse 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Verse 19, but in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Are you seeing this point here? That when you are talking to people on from stage, okay, you should talk in a way they can understand intelligible words. When you are leading prayers, also is important. The when we lead prayers, you know, in the church service, we must be able to make sure that we say more words than tongues, so the people we are talking to can know what we are saying and follow up with the prayer. Okay, when we are talking to people from the stage deliberately use intelligible words. If you are leading people in prayer, use more words than tongues. So, if you pray in tongues for, for, for example, one minute, talk in, talk, in, and talk in two minutes. The point is this, more words than tongues so that people can follow up and understand what you are praying. Okay? So, we have to be able to communicate differently in different kinds of meetings. So, for example, if we now call a workers' boot camp, what we have told ourselves is a workers' boot camp. So meaning that the people we expect here are, uh, are, mom, are, are people we have trained or we are training. So we can then say, in this meeting, we're going, to, we're going to just pray, you know, for one hour in tongues. And it makes sense because, you know, it is a workers-only event. Do you understand? So in that kind of, in, in that kind of environment, we can just pray in tongues and basically can pray in tongues one hour and it will be fine, right? We must be able to communicate differently in different kinds of meetings. Remember that this month end, Saturday and Sunday, we are having our boot camp weekend, okay? On Saturday, we're going to pray a lot and all that. We're going to have a fantastic time praying, praying, playing, having, sharing gospel and just, you know, having a fantastic time together, okay? But yeah, you must be able to plan different programs for different kinds of um, level of communication and activities. All right? Good? You like that? Okay, good. Okay, so as a church, we must keep learning and adapting to ensure that we are doing right by our calling and we are reaching those who God has sent us to 
reach. You want to see in Matthew 10 from 10 to 13. Matthew 10 from 10 to 13. We see Jesus talking about how he communicates differently to different crowds. Okay, verse 10. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? 11. He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Look at this. Whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. You see this? So, because they cannot understand him, the crowd, he will use a parable, a story, because it is easier to communicate to them in stories. He will use a story to communicate to them. Okay? Are you getting me? So, he was trying to ensure understanding. That was his point. They don't get it right, so I have to make it into a story in a way they can think about and relate to. Are you getting so we must maximize, we must optimize our communication for understanding for the audience we are sent to. I'm helping you understand how we think and do things in TGC. That we deliberately make communication simple. We bring the big concepts, okay? Simplify it in a way that you can understand even that even you can also teach others. Okay? Good. We also have different kinds of programs for different kind of activity. So if you wonder why we don't pray one hour in Sunday service, it's because we have created another kind of program for that kind of prayer. Are you understanding this? But on Sunday service, we want to take everybody along so that everybody can have the, the maximum possible edification on a Sunday morning, okay, so that you can be blessed, the new bee can be blessed also, okay, so that in that way, we are preparing room for God to bring us increase, because we are showing that we care for the people he's sending to us. Walking in love, meaning you care for people, okay, part of it is making them comfortable enough to receive, you know, what you are about to share with them, by making it understandable, intelligible, in a way they can understand. Do you get that? Alright? So if you, if, you, if you ever wonder why our sermon titles are simple, that is why. Because they must be they must be understandable. Alright? So number four. The final one. The way we prepare ourselves for increase, okay? Keep doing the right things and the increase will come. Keep doing the right things and the increase will come. Galatians 6 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap an harvest if we do not give up. Hmm? Let me more you this. Have you ever seen an emoji or a church suddenly blue? And another like, I have never heard about this man or this church before. You then now ask around and find out. They've been around for 5-10 years. What is my point? There is a popular saying that says instant success takes 10 years. Hmm? Too many people give up too early. They don't allow time for their investments to yield. Okay? You have to be in it for the long term. Most endeavors will demand perseverance from you. 
Mm? Sowing season is not harvest season. You have to wait it out. So, you know, some people go to gym now this January telling themselves they want to lose 10 kg. And now checking at the end of January to see if your 10 kg has, you know, has left. It doesn't work that way. You have to give it time. You want to have a flat belly. Stop taking it every day. It doesn't work like that. Mm? You want your waist to become thinner, your hips to come out. You cannot do it in one month, okay? You have to be in it for the long term. Mm? Sewing season is not harvest season. Alright? So remember when Sam, when Sam shared a story about, you know, when we went to, when we went to Bishop, I was complaining about, okay, he has done all this and the work is not yet growing. Mm? And he told him, church growth, Bishop replied him, church growth is seasonal. Church growth is what? Seasonal. So you keep doing the right things and God will bring the increase. Okay? Just keep getting better, keep improving, and when it is due season, you will reap a harvest if you don't fail. So ask is to keep doing the right things. So while we wait for, for the for the huge harvest, we must have, we must use opportunity to deliberately keep doing the right things, raising leaders, okay, learning and growing. Mm? We must keep doing the right things excellently. So that whatever your own work is at church, do it well. We must keep investing in our gadgets, in our in our in our in our human resources, okay, so that everybody that comes in is comfortable and nothing gets in the way of the people getting and listening to our message. Hmm? Romans 12:48. Romans 12:48. For just as each of us has one body with many parts, many members. And these members not all have the same function. So in Christ, though we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Look at this. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. Eight, if, if, if it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. Okay? If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I see the point. Whatever your role is in church, you are important. See, some of the of the lowest looking jobs are the most important jobs. For example, if you are if you are part of the cleaning team. Cleaning team, oh boy, ah, I, I cannot overstate how important your role is. That we come to church and everywhere is clean. The chairs are clean. The floors are shining. The rocks are clean. The toilet is smelling well. Oh boy, you are doing fantastic job. Too many people are eyeing the stage for ministry. Ministry sometimes is doing the manual jobs in church. And that's the, 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 the jobs that fine people overlook. I'm, I'm so fine, so, too, too anointed to do this are sometimes the most important jobs that God blesses. Cleaning is such an important thing for the church. Okay, so do your part well. You are doing your part to add to the increase, to, 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 to make us ready for the increase that God will bring. You see, when harvest comes, many times it comes fast and big many times. Okay, so Rosanna talks about how when they had put this in order, Doing what God had said. Alright? 
at some point just began to grow. Okay? It just it just boomed. He was now wondering where are they coming from? Where are they all coming from? Okay, but just to the point that there was a a period of sowing and reaping that you keep doing things right, okay? And when it jams, come on, God just brings the increase and it just the increase just flows in, you know, like a torrent. Alright? But till then, we must keep doing the right things, okay? We can't afford to feel inferior to big churches. I see this too often. Okay, sometimes, you know, it's a thing amongst, among, amongst members of smaller churches, of growing churches. If you're not beginning to compare your, your pastor with another pastor because that one is more popular now, don't be a fool. I'm sorry, but that's the truth about it. Don't be, don't be, don't be spiritually mature. Eh? Don't, be, don't compare. It's not wise. Mm? Don't be, don't, don't feel inferior. Don't be intimidated. Don't do that to yourself. You must not. Mm? That something is small doesn't make it bad. <laughs> that something is small does not make it bad. Okay? You, we can do small things excellently well before we become something big. Are you get so don't feel small, don't feel inferior, don't don't bring it near us, don't bring it, don't bring inferior thinking yet. You see, don't we are we are yet you know growing, okay? But we are strong, we get results, people are growing, people are changing. Ask around though, people are getting better, okay? So we must hold on to what we have received, keep improving and getting better up until God brings us the kind of the kind of growth that we that we know is in our destiny. But again, I repeat, we can't afford inferiority thinking. Okay? Especially if you're a leader, you're a pastor, you're a team head, a unit head, a cell leader. We don't ever allow yourself to feel inferior to another church. Don't ever allow yourself to feel we're inferior to another church. I don't care what they do. We are not inferior. We are doing what God have us do. And in time, the growth will speak if we don't faint. Mm? Glory to God forevermore. All right, all right, all right, all right. So we're going to pray this this, this this evening. Lord, help us to continue to be aligned with you. Lord Jesus, help us to continually be aligned with you. Help us to continually be aligned with you. Let the God to pray Lord, help us to stay aligned. Help us to optimize for you. Help us as a church and as individuals and as leaders, as leaders, as cell members, help us to align with you. Help us to stay in that place of prayer, to make room for study, to stay aligned, to stay connected so that, so that we don't win in, in our effectiveness. Lord, help us to abide in you as your word abides in us. Help us to align with you, dear Lord Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help me, help me, help me. Help me to stay in that place of prayer. Help us to stay in prayer. Help us to stay in place of study. Help us to live right. Lord, we commit to living right, to, 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 to not, you know, to, to standing strong over temptation, to resist wrong words, wrong thought, wrong motive, to stand strong in you. In the name of Jesus. Help us to align with you. As, 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 as Jesus aligned with the Father, doing things that please the Father, help us to align with you and to always do things that please you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, help us, Lord. Lord, number two, grant us the acts of men. 
Grant us the hearts of men. Lord, Lord Jesus, grant us the heart of men. Open the hearts of people to our message. Grant us favor with people. Grant us favor with people. Lord, let the heart of people be open to our message. In the name of Jesus, help us to find favor with the people you have sent us to. Help us, oh God. Help us, help us, help us. Help us, Lord Jesus. Open the heart of people to our message. Open the heart of people to our message. Lord Jesus, give our message mileage. Give our message mileage in the hearts of people and in this world. Give our message mileage. Lord, let our teachings travel far to the ends of the earth to be a, to be a blessing to others all over the globe. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let our messages travel far. Help us as, as, as leaders to know to share these things, okay? And as we do, Lord, take it on the wings of the Spirit, to, you know, and let the world hear us. Give our message, give us mileage. In the name of Jesus, we come to you knowing that it is you that gives increase. Ask is to play our part. Lord, we receive grace to play our part. As we play our part, oh God, let the increase begin to roll in. In the name of Jesus, we come against every distraction. Every hindrance, every 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 opposition to our message, we come against you in the name of Jesus. We come against every wrong thinking, every wrong doctrine that stands, oh God, against what what you are giving us to preach. They will not over, they will not overwhelm us. We come against every wrong doctrine, every stronghold in the hearts of people that contend against the word you are giving unto us. We come against such and we prevail over them. In the name of Jesus, we prevail over every opposition on our part. We prevail over every opposition from men and from men and of demons. We prevail over them in the name of Jesus. Jesus, Lord, as our word goes out, let every veil in the heart of men be, be removed. Let every veil, let every veil, every demon of wrong thinking that stands against our message, let them be pulled down. Let them be pulled down. Let them be pulled down. Let those that stand against us, let them see the truth we say and come at you and come in order to honor and respect what we are saying. In the name of Jesus, let those that stand against what we are teaching, that come against our doctrine, Lord, let them see our sincerity, our motive of heart, and let them see the truth, the truth we are saying in your word. In the name of Jesus, Lord, give us favor with men. Lord, grant us favor with men. Grant us favor with people. Give our message mileage. Let it travel far in the hearts of men and in this world. And Lord, let there be signs and wonders. Let there be signs and wonders. Lord, let there be signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. Let there be signs and wonders. Let there be signs and wonders. Lord, stretch out your hand through us to heal and to deliver. Lord, as we pray for the sick, as we teach people to live right, to live prosperously, to live for you, to be spirit-filled, you know, help us to get results. Let there be signs and wonders. Let there be huge results to show, you know, that you are working with us in the name of Jesus. Let there be healings of different kinds. Let there be deliverance in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, let there be signs and wonders. Let the sick be healed. Let the dead be raised back to life. Oh Lord, help us. Help us, dear Lord Jesus. Help us, help us. Walk with us and let there be signs and wonders. 
Let the unsaved come, come across our message and receive salvation. Let the weak hear us and become strong. Let the poor hear us and begin to walk towards prosperity. In the name of Jesus, let the addicted come to us and, and, and receive freedom in your word. Let the lonely come here and find love. Use us as a point of signs and wonders in our day. Help us to continue to align with you so that we can continue to get results. So that, so that when at the end and in all people, you test our work. Our work will stand the test of the fire. Our work will stand. Our work will stand and, and be proven to be effective in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. We hope you were blessed by that sermon. Chance to growth and global impact. Feel free to contact us via our social media platform at This Green Church. And do join us every Sunday by 9am and Wednesday by 6pm to be a part of our family. Remember, you are that Savior. You are light and life to your world.